Hello there, and welcome to my podcast. I'm Connie. I'm a certified nutritionist, personal trainer, busy mom, and I live on a small hobby farm. I'm a former bodybuilder, and I currently have found a love for endurance sports, but I'm not your typical athlete. I believe there are many more contributors to athletic performance and overall health, and that we as a population might be doing it wrong. You won't see me pounding goose or chicken and rice, but you will see me in the pursuit to fuel not only athletic performance, but also balance it with optimal health. This is not just a podcast for athletes. Many people that fall into the health scene get there for a reason. I found myself in suboptimal states at multiple times in my life, and it has really sparked my passion for metabolic and systemic health. I'm constantly a student of what I love, and now I hope to help others by bringing quality guests to the show to share their opinions and resources to hopefully help you formulate strategies to help you crack your health code. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so excited that you're joining me for another episode. I am so thankful for the people that keep coming on here to talk to you guys and share their information. It's really, really exciting. And I'm just happy that I can provide that and that there are so many professionals out there willing to come and share their time with me and talk about their knowledge, share it with all of you guys. And it's just a really awesome thing. So I'm pretty excited about that. So today I have Lee Erin Keneally. She is a medical doctor and is a prominent leader in the integrative and functional medicine field. She takes the best of all sciences, including conventional homeopathic, Eastern medicine, and the new modern medicine. She is a medical director of two amazing clinics, the Cancer Center for Healing and the Center for New Medicine. The combined 30,000 square foot clinics have become the largest integrative medical clinic in North America and are visited by patients from all over the world with 47,000 patients and growing. Dr. Keneally feels we must treat the whole person, the patient with the disease and not the disease of the patient while determining the origin of illness. She has created an acute awareness for the need to focus on cancer prevention, providing unique testing to determine the early stages of cancer years before scan reveals or they're recognized. So she is like a leader in the cancer prevention field, you guys, and she has discovered that many factors contribute to the disease process. Therefore, many modalities must be used to reverse it and spending the proper time with each patient to allow the reversal of the disease. Uh, Dr. Keneally is the author of two books, The Cancer Revolution, which was published in 2017, and before that, Be Perfectly Healthy, which was a book that was published in 2009 and has revolutionized the landscape of medicine. In 2017, she was named one of the top 50 functional and integrative doctors in the country. Dr. Keneally has over 30 years of experience, and she's ready to share that all with us today on the podcast. I'm so excited to have her, you guys. If you get value out of this podcast, please, please go leave me a review. It helps me get wonderful people on the podcast like Dr. Keneally, and it also helps get this podcast out there. I know I sound like a broken record with this one, but it is so valuable, and I mean, I have so many listeners. If everyone just went and at least hit the stars, it would help 
so many other people find my podcast and get to learn from some of these great educators we have out there. So anyway, before I ramble on too much further, I hope you enjoy this talk with Dr. Keneally. Welcome to the show, Dr. Keneally. I'm so excited to have you on here to talk about cancer prevention today because this is a hot topic and it seems to be more and more prevalent. And uh, I'm really looking forward to talking with you and your experiences and what you think can help people um, prevent their, you know, a state of disease later in their life. So hopefully we can chat about all that today. Well, I have lots of grand experiences because I always tell people you have a warranty to let's say about 40 and then from 40 to 60, you're on the semi-warranty and over 60, which I am, it's peer repair, upkeep and maintenance. <laughs> and uh, so uh, people kind of get that analogy and uh, health is a journey that has no, um, it has no ending, okay? It's just ongoing, ongoing, ongoing. But we do know that if you take care of yourself now that every decade will get better as opposed to worse. You know, most 50 to they, I read recently that 60% of the population is chronically ill, but we can send people to the moon, put out satellites, look at your phone and get a jillion pieces of data, but we can't get people well. That is tragic. And US ranks 43rd in the world in healthcare. That is tragic. That means third world countries are do, faring better in health than we are. And we have all the information, all the knowledge, and we are not esteeming health and having it as our number one value. I tell people, if you don't have your health, and I've been doing this, I've been practicing medicine for 34 years. So I've been seeing, and I see patients from all over the world. It's not like I just see patients in one little town or anything. I see patients from all over the United States and other countries. All people have the same problems, the same issues and everything else. And we are not making inroads into preventing and early detection of diseases. And we're not restoring health. All we're doing, all doctors are doing are treating illnesses, not healing patients and not teaching them and educating on how to be better than when they came in. And so that's kind of been my whole life is how to teach people to have a better life than when they came in to see me. I love that so much. And so before we dive into all that, cause I'm sure you're gonna fill us in on it. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your cancer center and just kind of tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and what got you into this? Okay, so I'm the medical director of two centers, the Center for New Medicine and Cancer Center for Healing. The Center for New Medicine takes care of patients from human optimization to chronic illness, high blood pressure, diabetes, heart disease, autoimmune, all those kind of diseases. The Cancer Center for Healing is early detection, prevention, and all the way to stage four cancer patients. 
So I was born in the 50s and I am number three of six children. And my mother started bleeding and she was given a medication called DES to prevent the loss of me and to prevent uh, the bleeding. So 16 years later, fast forward, they found out that that drug that they gave women and men caused cancer in both male and female offsprings, hormone problems, anatomical problems, infertility problems, all kind of thing. And I pretty much had all of them. And so I started going to a ivory cancer institution back when I was 16 years old because it was like a new discovery. So I was part of a teaching hospital. Anyway, those details aren't matter. The only thing that matters is it taught me everything about early treatment and prevention of cancer. And so we are now in a, a very serious pandemic of cancer. One in two people are getting cancers. They're not just in old people, it is in young people. Some of the fastest growing cancers are people that are 35 years of age, okay? And if you get cancer when you're young, it's a much more aggressive situation than when you're 65. So I want the world to know what I know. I tell people, I am just not a medical doctor. I'm a patient that has suffered many, many things to know what I know. And I tell people, when there's a plane crash, what do they do? What's the first thing they do besides, you know, take care of all the people is they look for that darn black box. And when you, and what they do is they get these people from everywhere to study this black box to see why, where, when, and what happened. Why aren't we doing that in health? We should be doing that. Are you have a black box? I have a black box. Everyone out there's got a black box. We need to know how does your body tick? What is it predisposed? What does it have? What is going on? Genetics accounts for probably less than 5% of illnesses, okay? Genetics is not your destiny, okay? We have something called epigenetics, which means on top of your genetics. So what that influences is all the chemicals that in the food, air, water, whether it's chemicals, whether it's heavy metals, everything, it's in all of us. Five to nine people years die of pollution. So everything you're drinking, eating, bathing, putting on your skin is getting into us and causing disease. So the single greatest thing that anyone could do is every day have a plan that you are doing something to cleanse your body, okay? Because all diseases are related to toxicity. There's some kind of toxicity, okay? So we, but see medicine, there's, you know, medicine doesn't practice that, okay? They don't practice purification, detoxification. They don't practice that, okay? In medical school, we learn biochemistry. We take whole course in it. Biochemistry is a study of how nutrients and molecules work in your body, but when does the doctor check your nutrients? Never, okay? They don't check your minerals. They don't check your antioxidant. They don't check your essential fatty acids. They're not checking everything. And I tell people, you can't manage something you don't measure. And it's not that complicated. If you came into me well, I can tell you, look, here we go. This is what you have. This is what you don't have. This is what we need to look out for. And this is what you need to do to take care of yourself. Because 
self-care is the new health care. We don't have enough resources and money to take care of all the sick people. We, each of us, has to take the onus and responsibility to learn and educate. And education is free for all of us out there. There is, you know, we used to, when I grew up, it was a library. Now it's your smartphone, okay? It tells you everything. If you just Google how to be healthy, you'll have enough to read for the next century. So, and podcasts like this, and just so much unlimited information. So, but it begins and ends with what's the on the end of your fork. So the single greatest determinant of health is what you are putting in your body every day. And so most people don't know what they're putting in their body every day. They are mindlessly, unconsciously putting things in their body that don't know what the ramifications are. So, um, so you know, I, I last year alone, I had scoliosis from the drug and um, scoliosis I got when I was a teenager, I mean, I, when I was, you know, born and caused from the medication and um, there's no treatment except surgery. So I put off surgery my whole life because they say back surgeries are like the worst thing you can have. But unfortunately, I had to um, succumb to surgery and because my curve in my back was 63 degrees. So, I mean, I had to do something. I came, I, but I learned everything about pain. I learned about everything that you could do to forestall disease also. And so, um, you know, I tell people, you learn from all these episodes in your life. Mm -hmm. So I always tell people, when you, be, when you become ill or sick, it's also becomes your gift of why you want to help people because you want, you want to help people. So you want them to know what you know, because you don't want to see suffering. I was just reading a book not too long ago and I was on cancer and the whole book the oncologist wrote about was the cases where she talked about how cancer starts. She's an oncologist in New York out of Columbia. And she talked about how cancer starts with one abnormal cell. And she said in the book, she talked about case histories and her case histories are what the patient had and how they suffered. I don't recommend the book to my patients that have cancer because I don't want them to be depressed from reading the book. I think it's a great book if you didn't have cancer, but a book, I want my patients to have hope in their treatment because that's so important in every disease process. So, so there's so much we can do to prevent all diseases, not cancer. Of course, that's one of my special interests is prevention of cancer, but our whole goal is prevention of all diseases. You know, conventional medicine is phenomenal at an emergency. And if you had a car accident or if you had, the emergency room is amazing here in the United States. But when it comes to treatment of chronic illnesses, whether it's hypertension, diabetes, uh, cancer, heart disease, it, it, it fails us miserably. And that's why we have to educate and awaken humanity to all the possible solutions that they have at their fingertips, they just don't know. 
Absolutely. I agree with you 100% on all of this. Now, I know you talk a lot about prevention, uh, as you just mentioned it a moment ago, and um, how early detection is the key. Um, so can you kind of dive into that a little bit and what screenings people should go through and things that they can do to kind of get the ball rolling on that? All right. So let's talk about the top two killers. The top two killers are heart disease and cancer. So heart disease is quite easy because 50% of cases of heart disease, the number one symptom is sudden death. So there's a heart test, a five minute heart test called the heart scan and it checks for calcifications in the arteries feeding your heart, all right? And I recommend it to patients, uh, males about 45 years of age, and women after menopause, menopause, because women are protected from heart disease with their hormones until they hit menopause. So heart disease is very silent in women, meaning they don't have that many complaints. Men, it's not silent. It's, they usually have very overt symptoms, but I tell people, whether it's cancer or heart disease and you have symptoms, it's very, it's, it's that started 10 years ago. So we don't wanna wait until you start something. I want to prevent it and treat it that you do not get the sudden necessity to go to the emergency room or something like that. So it's, it's, it's all serious. So when it comes to cancer, so the big thing to do with heart disease is the heart scan, which is a hundred dollar test. So it's not like something expensive, okay, five minutes. And it's a black and white test. It's not a test that is like gray areas. It's you have calcification or you don't, and it gives you a numerical value. Now, the blood test specifically for every patient, let's say you're 20 years old, because I see so much hormonal disorders these days, I always check hormones in males and females. So I always do a chemistry panel, which looks at your electrolytes, your kidney and liver. So we wanna make sure everything is working because for example, renal failure is very common today and doctors don't do anything about it. Fatty liver is 50% of the population. So we need to know those liver numbers. Then I do a CBC, a CBTC checks your white count, your hemoglobin. If your white count's low, that means your immune system isn't good. Hemoglobin tells me if you're anemic. If you're anemic, that's not good for any diseases, whether you have heart disease or cancer, because that means you have oxygen starvation because red blood cells deliver oxygen to all of your blood cells. So if you don't have good hemoglobin that carries the oxygen and the nutrients, then your cells can't be uh, healthy. And we know that the first thing we all need to live is oxygen, right? So then I will do thyroid function because thyroid disorders are some of the fastest growing disorders. So I'll do a complete thyroid panel with TSH, free T3, free T4. I will do thyroid antibodies to make sure people don't have autoimmune diseases, not on everyone. But if I get patients that have lots of myriad of complaints, I will order thyroid antibodies. Then I do one important blood test on everybody called C-reactive protein. C-reactive protein is a non-specific marker for inflammation in the body. Inflammation is not allowed in the body. It's, it's fire in the body. They talk about it in typical over, the, you know, periodicals, not just, not just journals, but just regular magazines. 
but doctors are not checking it. So CRP does not tell me what the organ it is. It just tells me you have inflammation. An ideal CRP should be about a 0.5. Then the hemoglobin A1C. Hemoglobin A1C is a reflection of your blood sugar over 90 days. Since a lot of the population, 80% of the population is diabetic or pre-diabetic, we wanna know what the movie of your blood sugar, not your random blood sugar, which is the commercial, we need the movie of the blood sugar. Cause you can tell me, oh, Dr. Keneally, I ate really good today, perfect, and your blood sugar's low. But the hemoglobin A1C doesn't lie to you. It tells me the movie of your blood sugar. So why do we wanna know sugar? Because if you have high sugar, you're predisposed to all diseases, Alzheimer's, heart disease, and cancer, all three diseases you don't want. So then I always do a vitamin D. Vitamin D influences 3000 genes in your body. So vitamin D is important for heart, brain, immune function, bone function, everything. There's not anything that it's not beneficial. So everybody needs sufficiency. 99% of people are low in vitamin D. An optimal vitamin D level would be about 50 to 60, something like that. Then in a lot of people, in all people, I check a hormone called DHEA. DHEA sulfate is the main hormone made by the adrenal glands. The adrenal glands are little glands that sit on top of your kidneys like little hats, and they make over 100 hormones. DHEA sulfate is the main hormone. So at 20 years old and 30 years old and 40 years old and 60 years old, there are normal levels, okay? And so we wanna know, because I have many a 20-year-old who doesn't have good adrenals. What are your adrenals? Your adrenals are your stress, immune, and longevity glands. So we want to make sure that that is good. Then um, I will possibly do, depending on the age, I will check testosterone levels. I find that many young men today, when I say young men, 20, 25-year-olds, have low testosterone. So because we have the environment and the food and the lack of movement, we have lower testosterone levels. So we want to make sure every young person has optimal testosterone levels. We want to make sure that every older person has optimal hormone levels because hormones are the natural drugs to your body. They make every part of your body work. And I've had a lot of hormonal challenges. I tell people I've lived a hormonal conundrum. So I'm very well-versed. I lecture to doctors on hormones. I tell people they dictate every second how you live. They're that important. So the they're the natural drugs that turn on and off glands and systems in your body. So you must have them and they must be working well for you. Then if I'm doing cancer testing, since we're kind of focusing on cancer a little bit more. So I will do... So the main blood test in the, in the normal, just plain blood test is CRP, inflammation, DHEA sulfate, hemoglobin A1C, and I will do a quantitative HCG. Quantitative HCG is found in women who are pregnant. But if you're not pregnant, the quantitative HCG should not be elevated. It should be low. There is a blood test called PHI. PHI is the enzyme of low oxygen. So people can have that regardless of the medicals. So if you have low oxygen in your tissues, you're at higher risk for every disease, but especially cancer. 
So if you have Otto Warburg in 1933, won the Nobel Prize that cancer functions anaerobically without oxygen. It also is acidic. It also is a sugary environment. So that's why we don't wanna eat sugar. That's why we want to move so we have a good oxygen enriched environment. And then acidity is related to stress and your eating and toxins that are in the body. So, you know, today's world, I tell people, it'd be, it's great and wonderful to think that we're gonna, oh, we just have automatically, we have health. We don't automatically have health. Health has to be our, really has to be our number one goal. You might think it's something else. It might be spirituality, it might be love, it might be money, it might be all these other things. But you can't have spirituality if you don't have You can't have money if you don't have health. You can't have anything, what I have learned in 63 years, you can't have anything unless you first and foremost have a healthy mind, body, and spirit. It just doesn't happen. You can't be a good mother. You can't be a good father. You can't be a good sibling. You can't be a good employee. You can't be anything. So the more you work on your health, the better your life will be in so many levels, okay? And so health is not esteemed in our society today. Um, it's, it's, it's not something that we are making, we're, we're not valuing it. We're taking that health is just, you're gonna wake up, you're gonna come out of the womb of your mother and you're just gonna be automatically healthy. Well, there's no such thing. Health is a very diligent path. And I'm telling you from experience. Now, fortunately, when I was young, my mother used to read this book by Adele Davis. You're too young to know about Adele Davis. But Adele Davis was a very famous nutritionist. And she wrote, let's have healthy children, let's have healthy families, let, you know, all kinds of great books. So my mother was a big, big proponent. She was not in the health field. She just had six kids and she wanted to read about how to have healthy kids. So she nursed us for a year. You know, I grew up on bone marrow, bone marrow, broad liver and sauerkraut. So I grew up on the things that are very fashionable today. Okay. Like bone marrow is like, okay, the, the rage, you know, that was, I, that was the rage like 60 years ago for me. So, but it is very good for you. So these things, how I grew up, I did not grow up on cereal and McDonald's. Okay. I was never allowed to go to McDonald's. I mean, of course we all wanted to, you know, right. We were normal kids that wanted to eat, you know, candy, et cetera, et cetera. Very normal. But my mother was a very, very controlling I'm not saying that in a negative way, but she was controlled how our universe was and which was good because all my brothers and sisters are all alive and well and do not have any major diseases, which is kind of unheard of and because they're all they're all over 60 now. And so that's kind of unheard of to not, you know, have something major in six kids. It's kind of remarkable. So it, it really paid off. And then, of course, with my own personal uh, interruption with my own health, um, I took all of that information. And I, when I first opened my first practice 34 years ago, I started with a dietitian and acupuncturist in my office. So these were my personal interest a very long time because I wanted to heal people. I didn't want to just write, be a prescription writer for patients. And I'm not saying 
there isn't a place for medication. There is sometimes. If you had a very serious cellulitis infection, I would have to write you for an antibiotic. But then I'd have to understand, well, why did you get this serious infection? Because you shouldn't be getting serious infections. So, so there is a place for, for that, but we should not be using that as the chronic treatment of illnesses. Now, when we do other sophisticated testing, let's pretend for a moment you're interested in prevention and early detection. So I do a blood test called circulating tumor cells. So circulating tumor cells are known worldwide. They were discovered probably about 17, 18 years ago. And there are labs all over the world that perform circulating tumor cells. They even now are coming out this year, 2021, with new testing with circulating tumor DNA, all kinds of very sophisticated testing. So there's a lab in Greece that I use called RGCC. And RGCC is, I would call it the experts in cancer testing. And one of the one of the tests they do is the circulating tumor cells. So why is this so important? So as I said earlier, every single cancer starts with one abnormal cell that's gone rogue, that's gone crazy, that's lost its integrity, it's lost its character, and it is invincible. And then it starts duplicating and duplicating and duplicating. And when it gets to a size of one millimeter, which is a pencil line, one to two millimeters, it starts releasing circulating tumor cells. Circulating tumor cells are responsible for 95% of metastasis, the cancer moving to a new organ or liver or you know bones or anywhere in the body. So that's why we can, when that testing can be done now, it's a $500 test. Well, when you get sick, I was with my stepdaughter last night for dinner and their friends said that for pancreatic cancer, their hospital stay was a million dollars. Well, for $500, you kind of know, and prevention is no hospital admission, no surgery. It's all you taking care of yourself. And so you would save, and it's not just saving the money, it's saving aggravation and human suffering. And look at all the people that you affect. So like all my cancer patients, they're coming in with one or more loved ones because they're all worried about this patient with cancer. So we need to restore our entire community by all of us focusing and concentrating on health, okay? Some way or another. It's like, for example, with the latest virus, I have been teaching my patients how to take care of themselves, to not need me. And so of course, as a result of that, I have had very, very few cases of prescribing medications or hospital stays, et cetera, et cetera. I haven't had a patient die because I have done all the prevention for the patient. And so the prevention is not just taking supplements. It's again, proper sleep, proper water, proper you know, eating, proper movement, the things that we, and you can't say you don't have time. I tell people, if you don't have time to get well, you're really not gonna have time to be sick because being sick 
is takes a tremendous, tremendous amount of time, effort, and money. And so I tell people the pain of discipline is far smaller than the tons of regret. I have that written so, on my refrigerator, actually. <laughs> so I tell people, like, I know you, you know, we're all tempted. We're all human beings. We're all normal and what. And if you want to have a cheat day, go have a cheat day. But just a day, not the next 30 days, have a cheat day and then, you know, get back on to your, your, you know, your, your, your health goals that you want to achieve your health regime you call it because i'm on a health regime because i work every day 12 hours a day i want to work i want to be a great parent i want to be a great everything that i do and if i'm gonna i've got to put in the time energy and effort and if you do then you you don't have time to be sick because you're doing what's right and of course I check myself, I do all the testing and everything like that. The other thing that another test that I can, that we can do, it's called the Nagalase test. Now the Nagalase test is a test that checks, um, it's an indicator of your effectivity of your macrophages. So what happens is if your Nagalase is not normal, that means your macrophages are not destroying the cancer or the virus. So you want to make sure your naglase level is elevated, but it's a, if it's high, it's an indicator of something else wrong, just like all the other blood tests that I tell you that we do. And so, um, so it's just one more indicator, but it's a very inexpensive test. It's like $80. So I don't, I might not check it in the very beginning if I'm doing prevention and early detection, I'll check the things. I just want to know if you have cancer. So with certainty, I can tell people with 95 to 99% if they have cancer. Because look, for example, the typical routine testing is get a pap smear, get a mammogram, get a colonoscopy, and maybe for guys get a PSA. That's the screening test. Well, how many cancers is that going to get? That's not going to get brain cancer. That's not going to get pancreatic cancer. That's not going to get kidney cancer. 70, probably 70% of cancers we're not going to find with colonoscopy and pep smears and mammograms and PSA. So I tell people those screening tests are old. We need to be practicing the new modern medicine. So a new research article that comes out today we should be doing that. The other test that I do that is very unique to my field is something called bioenergetic medicines. People understand today that we're an energy being, right? So like if you do an EKG on a person, patient's heart, that's the electrical energy rhythm of their heart. If you do an EEG of your brain, that's an electroencephalogram, the energy of the brain. So if we, we have, we can check the acupuncture meridians from head to toe, checking the energy meridians and if it's flowing. So I tell people, this is your, you know, to your kidney, it's like a wire to a part of your body. So I got into this, interested in this. I, one of my mentors in cancer, he had sarcoma. So sarcoma is a tumor of the muscle. It's very 
it's not a common cancer. And so he want, they wanted him to be amputated and or the leg amputated where the sarcoma was. So he says, well, no, I'm not gonna get amputated. I'm gonna go learn everything I need to know about this disease. So sure enough, um, he researched not 10 months, 11 years to figure out how to cure his cancer and stay alive. And he lived till, you know, 45 years later after his diagnosis. So we wanna, when, and when any of us are get a label or a diagnosis, we need to look at that, like, where's our black box? Why, where, when, and how did I get high blood pressure, high sugar, whatever it is? We need to understand. And you got to partner with someone who can dig deep with you to analyze all your data. Okay. And then there's always this thing called stress. And stress, they say in lots of articles, is, you know, 80 to 90% of illnesses are caused by stress and really stress and what you eat. So, and we know we all have a lot of stress today. Okay. The world is stressful. We're not getting enough sleep. We're not drinking enough water. We're not eating the foods that nourish and strengthen and heal our body. We're not moving because of computers and uh, unfortunately all of that. So, so we're, we're creating, unfortunately, this illness ourselves because we are breaking the rules of the natural laws of the body. And I tell people, I didn't make them. I'm just the messenger. And I am learning them to help you and to teach you all be better humans, okay? And every day, new discoveries are coming up. It, we are constantly, I mean, we're years and years behind. There's just so much new stuff coming out. So we all need to be open to, and look at everything there is to heal ourselves. Okay. But I, I first starts with, you know, like how, what is my life like? Like today I had a patient, brand new patient with prostate cancer and he's from Arizona. And he told me that he went to the doctor and the doctor just checked his PSA. And okay, we're just gonna do this biopsy and we're just gonna do it. And he's like, hold on, hold on a second. You didn't even talk to me about how I live. Like you gotta talk to a patient about how they live because how you live dictates how your body's gonna be. So every doctor should be talking to every patient about how they live from day to day. So he changed his doctor and that's why he ended up with me uh, because he knows that I am dissecting every single thing. And because we don't want to rush in and do surgery for everything. We don't rush in and want to take a medication or chemo or radiation, whatever it is, when it's something that maybe the patient can cure himself and take care of himself. So, um, so there's just, you know, an enormous amount of information and knowledge and for me, you know, I've gathered it over the years. I tell people I kind of have files in my system because I've been doing integrative functional medicine for a long time. I didn't, like there's doctors that just started a year ago or three months ago. I've been doing this a very long time. And because of my personal interest, you know, I've gone over the world 
to figure out what to do and all the things that are the innovative strategies that are out there all over because we can't just use everybody thinks that us has all the answers no the world has all the answers okay so we can't just use us because i tell people if we're doing so good why are we 43rd in healthcare so we obviously are not the best because yes in emergency probably the best in the world but for chronic illnesses, day-to-day -day medical problems, we are not the best. And so um, that's why we've got to use all kinds of things. For example, I use something called mistletoe to help the immune system for patients. Now, mistletoe has been around for about a hundred years, but they wanted to redo the studies that have all been done before in the United States, because all the humans in other countries don't matter. Well, no, they've already done all these studies, a hundred years of studies. And why aren't we implementing them with patient care today with the data that we know? Because the patient today is sick today. We can't, you might not get sick for 10 years. Okay, well, those studies will be there, but the patient today is sick today. And we need to start with that vital information as long as it's not injurious and immunosuppressive and doesn't destroy our patient. Absolutely. I love all of that. And now you've mentioned nutrition a couple of times here. So I'm wondering what nutrition advice you can provide us in the prevention of cancer. Well, that's a loaded question because there's not one size fits all, but I tell people there's some cardinal rules. The cardinal rules is one get off sugar. Because I just finished, I just was telling everyone earlier that, you know, Otto Warburg got a Nobel Prize for that cancer lives off sugar. Okay. So we have what they call insulin-like growth factors on a cancer cell. So on a normal cell, there's four on a cancer cell, there's 64. So they just love sugar. Okay. So that's the first thing. Then get off processed packaged foods. Now I have to say, that there's some great foods today, okay, that are packaged that are really good for you. So because food design has come grown exponentially, okay? And so when I say food design, because I go to the Natural Products Expo and oh my God, they just have like an array of, of just aisles and aisles and aisles and the most unbelievably concocted different foods. So I'm impressed, but I'm talking about the food that you can't read the chemical label. So that's the first two cardinal rules and get off fast food because if it costs $1.99, it probably cannot be good for you. All right. So um, I, I remember years ago, I lived in Mexico when I was 21 and I was in medical, I went to medical, medical school for a year to learn Spanish there. And then I went to medical school here in the United States. Uh, but I, I went there to learn Spanish and I had no money. And I le lived off pico de gallo, which is the onions, tomatoes, cilantro. I lived on tuna fish and peanut butter because that's all I could afford, okay? Literally, I bought one chicken a week, all right? And I had eggs for breakfast in the morning. But I ate really well, if you think about it, for very little money. Um, but my choices were good. Okay. But I ate like that because I literally had no money. 
And so I had to, you know, be very careful with my purchases. But like, if you go to the grocery store now, a cereal box is like, like $5 or, I mean, it's ridiculous. Whereas if you bought nine grain cereal, it's a lot, 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 lot cheaper than that. So um, anyway, so fat is your friend, okay? Uh, good fats, when I say good fats, that's avocados, uh, uh, coconut oil, olive oil, ghee, um, chia seeds, all those things, nut, uh, different kinds of nuts. Fat is your friend, okay? Fat doesn't raise your glycemic index, all right? And fat, every one of your cells is made up of fats. So, and then your brain is, you know, a lot of fat. So, um, so that's really, you know, very, very important that because people are for, for a long time have been saying, oh, we don't need to fat or anything. Well, that is the wrong, the worst thing. Because when you don't have fat in your meal, it sends them your sugar levels up. And then you call in insulin and insulin, you go on a roller coaster with insulin. So fat is your friend, but not fake fats. The worst thing you can do is get bad fat. So you really wanna know what the ingredients are. So if you go get salad dressing, you want salad dressings with avocado oil and olive oil, not these you know, canola oils and the bad oils that are toxic for your cells. And they are literally toxic. Then I personally eat proteins. So I eat grass-fed beef. I eat chicken, I eat lamb, I eat different kinds of proteins because my system is if I don't eat that, I don't feel good, okay? So I must eat. There are people who can eat 100% vegetable carbohydrates and they're fine. Well, I'm hungry in an hour if I ate just vegetables for a meal. And then the third part of your meal would be vegetables, okay? So all different kinds of vegetables cooked all different kinds of ways. You wanna avoid the bread, rice, pasta, and potatoes. I will have a half of a sweet potato with butter maybe once a week, all right? I don't eat pasta, I don't eat rice, and I don't use really normally regular potatoes. If I have regular potatoes, I may have like three bites, not French fries, but three bites of a potato. But I'll have like for a dinner, I'll have, a grass-fed petty or some kind of healthy, good red meat with spinach. And, um, you know, uh, and I cook that in, I cook the spinach in a little olive oil and I'm totally fine. Today, I had chicken, chicken breast cut up and I had it with bell peppers and onions. So I, and I eat eggs for breakfast in the morning. I do a green juice in the morning. I make uh, a green, nice green juice and I put liver sauce. Uh, it's a liver concoction to protect my liver because 50% of the population has liver. So that means lots of people are gonna have problems with their liver. And I put silica in there from bone, hair, nails, and it's great for antitoxin to aluminum, which is in a lot of the environment today. So, um, so I'll have that in the morning and then I have two eggs cooked in uh, butter. So, uh, and at night, I don't eat a lot of food at all at night. I eat very little food because we need to honor our circadian rhythm. There's a great book called The Circadian Code. So you need to go to bed 
more or less around 10 to 6. It might be 9.30, it might be 10.30, but you need to be honoring that. Look at the sun. So in the midday, I went out, took a walk for 20 minutes, straight sunshine, no sunglasses, because you want to stimulate your all the rods and cones in your endocrine system in your, in your brain. And so um, I will do that, but uh, I bury little. So I have an old saying that my mom used to always tell us is that eat like a king for breakfast, a queen for lunch and a pauper for dinner. So you need to eat very little at night and not late, okay? Because why, what does your body do at nighttime? Your body is repairing, cleansing, rejuvenating, etc. So we don't want to eat a lot at night. So eat very little at night. Your metabolism completely shuts down at nighttime. So you're because it's in a rest mode, your cortisol goes down, metabolism goes down, cleansing in the brain goes. So you don't want to be overloading your system at nighttime. Well, what do Americans do? Americans make their main meal at nighttime. And that is just not good for you. You will wake up feeling better if you're if you eat most of your calories during the day. So, I have in my book. Um, I don't know if you have my book, The Cancer Revolution, but I have several different. I have the keto. So for my cancer patients, um, the ketogenic eating program has been probably one of the most studied eating programs for cancer patients because we're trying to starve the cancer. So I'll have my patients do fasting, uh, modified fasting, and then keto. And then, then I do modified ketos, all right? So I do all kinds of different plans for different people with different cancers because I tell people there's no one size fits all. You're going to know by how you feel. When you do an eating program two week, two weeks, you two to four weeks, you know if you feel well. I will tell you years ago, uh, 20, about 23, 24 years ago, I read this book uh, called Enter the Zone. And you're probably too young to know that book too. But it was written by a guy named Barry Sears. And he was a degree in biochemistry. Anyway, he talked about that a third of your meal should be fat, a third should be protein, and a third favorable car carbohydrates. So favorable, right, are the vegetables and fruits and not the bread, rice, pasta, potato, sugar, and all that kind of stuff. So I don't eat a lot of sugar. I, I'm not a dessert person because I've been off sugar for a very, very long time. And I check my, I've been checking my hemoglobin A1C for 20 plus years. So I, it's something I have been studying for a very, very long time uh, for my own personal health. And also to save patients, you know, very drastic. I mean, look at all the people that lose their feet from, you know, amputation because of poor diet. I had a brand new patient a week ago and she has her own medical doctor, her own concierge medical doctor. So that means she pays extra. She's diabetic, hypertensive, menopause, all this on all the meds. And I went to the doctor's website and the doctor said, oh, we do a personalized preventive program. I'm like, what? This patient doesn't know one thing about nutrition for her diabetes. 
And it, it's just a tragedy because look, we could be turning so many chronic illnesses around if we just take the moment to educate. So like, for example, our cancer, the cancer uh, you know, center, we have a cancer class every week, every week for these patients. We teach them about emotions. We teach them about electromagnetic fields. We teach them about exercise. We teach them about oxygen. We teach them about everything. We talk about the importance of the tests that do and what they tell us and everything. So we have an ongoing class every week because they need ongoing support. We've just started a cardiovascular course. We're starting a dementia course or a cognitive impairment course because this is vital information. Please, I don't want anyone to think there's a quick fix out there. I am 63 going on 64 and I have seven kids. I have never seen a quick fix in my life, okay? If it's too good to be true, it is, all right? And anyone who tells you there's something instantaneous, quick, I would run because there's no such thing. I, I would love it it was like that, but it's not, okay? There's no easy way for anything. Everything is an intention and putting attention to the intention. I love it. I love everything you're doing and everything you said. Um, it's just amazing. And I'm so glad that you're helping change things in the medical industry. Um, so how do my listeners learn more about you and your centers? Well, first of all, I'd follow me on Instagram because Instagram, I put out something every single day and I want to be an encourager because I want to show that I'm working out and what I do. And, you know, I'm constantly doing something different. So Instagram and then Keneally MD. Keneally MD um, has everything that I'm doing. And then if you have cancer or worried about cancer, if you have a family history, uh, a patient um, put on my Instagram put one, you know, a book that changed her life and, and cancer revolution changed her back. She was a young lady, 30 years old with a Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I just had a phone consult with her today and her scans are clean. Now it's been five years. Scans are clean. Blood is perfect. And she wants to have another baby. So the other book that I read that I should send to you, uh, uh, I want to send you, it's be perfectly healthy. It's lots of things that I've written over the last 25 years. And it's about pots and pans. It's about like all kinds of random little things that you could just, it's one page and gives you little really concise information. You don't have to read, you know, laborious information. So, um, so I'm constantly, I do a lot of podcasts. I do a lot of documentaries. I'm always, always, always trying to get the information out. You know, medicine and health, yes, they're attractive. I've always thought, okay, God, how do we make this contagious? Like, how do we like awaken more and more and more people that this is the latest, greatest thing? And so I don't know, hopefully you're going to help me do that. So. Yeah. And I'm so, so thankful for the messenger spreading and trying to change a little bit of, um, I want to say the, the, the Western medicine thoughts, you know, I think that actually finding the root cause what started the fire is, is an amazing thing. And I'm so thankful for providers like you that are doing that. Well, it's, uh, you know, we all have to do it. Doctors have to go back 
just so you know, they have to go back to school and learn. And they've already done tons of training and tons of education. And they have a lot of uh, debt. And then they're thinking, oh my God, you know, I don't want to relearn after I practice medicine 10 years. I just kind of want to do what I've been doing all this time. It takes a lot of determination, a lot of extra study. Our doctors are work, literally working all the time. They're, every day, there's a new thing to learn, to study, to go research, and we are doing it. But our doctors like totally love it. it you know, it's, it's just a complete passion for them. So we're lucky that we have that kind of people where it's just like extreme you know, interest all the time. And once doctors, I promise them, once they go to a medical conference that's run by medical doctors, that's highly referenced and they really understand there's no way they could go back to work and practice the way they practiced yesterday. I promise you, because I've heard story after story. Now for me, it's kind of been who I am for all my whole life. That doesn't mean that I didn't have to go take a lot of courses and I'm constantly going to courses all the time. I mean, I'm, I have a couple of courses next week and I'm, you know, there's just, cause there's new stuff coming out. And I wanna be, you know, you gotta learn to be an expert on as many things as you can. And so, um, so it, it, it just, you just have to have the, you know, desire, this insatiable desire to constantly learn. I love it. So thank you so much for spending time with me today. I am so thankful that you shared all of your knowledge with us. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad I'm part of your mission and part of your journey. I appreciate people like you and thank you so much. Have a great night. All right. Thank you. Well, friends, that wraps up my episode with Dr. Keneally. Again, I'm thankful she decided to join me and I am just so happy that all these professionals are out there sharing their wisdom. It's really, really exciting. So anyway, if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Instagram. I am on there at Connie Begoni, C-O-N-N-I-E, B-E-G-O-N-N-I-E. Or you can always pop on over to my website at ConnieNightingale.com. I have lots of information in my blog there. I have some free recipe packs that you can download that have all sorts of wonderful immune boosting recipes in there uh, and just a lot of great stuff. So uh, take a look and go visit me over at my website, ConnieNightingale.com. And I would love to hear from any of you guys. So if you ever have questions or you want to reach out, I'm happy to answer them. That's what I'm here for. So shoot me a DM, shoot me a message from my website. I would love to chat. Anyway, thank you so much for joining me. Until next time, everybody.
just wanted to remind you that Connie Nightingale nor the Fit Farming Food Mom podcast is intended to replace your regular medical doctor's advice. So before implementing anything that you heard in any of my episodes, please speak with your primary care physician.